0: hello and welcome to the commander theory podcast i'm nick beatman and i'm here with my friend zach Mac. hello everybody so we've got a great topic for you today. We're continuing another of our series. It is the Underplayed Commander series. And I want to give a brief thank you to Swampy Logs, one of our patrons, for suggesting today's topic. So in this series, we look at the rankings of different commanders on EDHRec, and then we pick one that we think is lower in the rankings than it deserves to be. And we talk about how to build around this commander and what is it that we think might be uh handicapping it what might be making it so that what if what has kept people
1: yeah from playing it yeah i think that there's a few different reasons we'll get into them sometimes it's really easy sometimes it's kind of harder
0: so but before we jump into today's topic i want to briefly talk about our patreon so if you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory you can support the show and access cool rewards for as little as one dollar a month if you aren't ready to become a patron yet, you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. And with that, let's jump into it. So the last time we talked about Underplayed Commanders, we did all the mono-colored commanders. So this time we're going to be going with the allied color pairs. That means we're starting with uh, Azorius, going to Demir, Rakdos, Gruul, and then Celestnia. So for Azorius, who are we going to be talking about today?
1: Yeah, so this is a old-school guy. This is Rasputin Dreamweaver. So Rasputin Dreamweaver for the uninitiated was printed in Legends. Uh, he is a 4-1 for 4 white-blue.
0: So he's a legendary creature, human wizard. That's, he's a 4-1. He enters the battlefield with 7 dream counters on him. You can remove a dream counter from Rasputin to add a colorless mana or to prevent the next one damage that would be dealt to Rasputin this turn. Then at the beginning of your upkeep, if Rasputin started the turn untapped, put a dream counter on it. He also can't have more than seven dream counters on him. Yeah, so there's a cap to the dreaming you can do. So if you look at the rankings of Azorius Commanders, Rasputin's pretty far down there. Out of the 32 Azorius Commanders on EDH rec, he is number 22, so... Yes! Yeah, pretty far down, but why... Is Rasputin an interesting deck? Why do you think he needs to be higher up in the rankings? Well, this is just like the silliest blink deck. It basically
1: lets you ramp out these like incredibly powerful, expensive spells. So you get your commander out and you kind of just use all of these white-blue blink cards to churn out really huge game impacting spells and it is a blast. It's so much fun. If you're out there and you've had the pleasure of seeing a Rasputin list go just happen, it is amazing the things you can do. Like You go like, this is white blue? Like What is going on? It's wonderful.
0: Yeah, it's a crazy ramp deck. You get to run the legendary Eldrazi. You get to run stuff like Omniscience. You get to run really huge, like, time stretch. Yeah. Just back-breaking Haymaker spells, and there's also some combo potential with him. So how would you go about comboing with Rasputin Dreamweaver?
1: Well, the first way, I think the most intuitive way, is literally just Eldrazi Displacer, which is you remove all seven counters from Rasputin, you have seven colorless floating, you spend three of it to flicker Rasputin, and he's tapped, But he has a bunch of counters again. Mm -hmm. So that's like the easiest way, I think, to do it. Um, Really just any type of flickering can get you some amount of value out of him again. It's pretty bonkers actually <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's a really strong deck there's also some slightly goofier ways to yeah. combo with them for example you can use dead eye navigator and then some way to filter mana from colorless to colored yeah like a gemstone array or prismite or, or something like that in addition to that like because you're running all these blink engines it also tends to run a lot of etb creatures that you can feed into those engines there's also stuff like palancron yeah you can just kind of go off with like a great whale Mm -hmm. or like a peregrine drake or something like that yeah as long as you're running lands that produce colorless mana you're good yeah yeah so
1: just all in all like it kind of hits on a lot of the parts of commander that i think people really like it's like big spells Lots of mana, splashy plays. You kind of always have something to say about something because you're in blue. So you have like counter spells, you have card draw. You kind of always feel like you got something to do. And that is wonderful.
0: Yeah. So do you have any ideas why this commander might be so low in the rankings?
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: So uh,
1: mana cost, he's a white blue. Could it be that he's...
0: Lots of money. Hmm, <laughs> that might be it. <laughs> Unfortunately, Rasputin Dreamweaver is on the reserve list. Yeah. And uh people have decided to invest in him. So yeah. despite the fact that he only sees play in Commander and and only by people who want to build his deck, he is a hundred and twenty dollars right yeah, now.
1: Yeah, at time of recording he's
0: about a hundred and twenty and that uh that's a lot of money it's a lot of money Uh, for your goofy legendary creature there also could be something going on with brago king eternal taking away some of the audience because there there is a little bit of overlap they both run some blink engines Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. even though rasputin is a bit more rampy combo-y yeah well i guess they're both combo-y but rasputin is more rampy but still like if you want to do blinky stuff is a better commander for it yeah
1: yeah this is a theme that you're gonna hear a few times on the show is that sometimes you get this siphoning effect where like one commander is very good at doing this thing that's like adjacent or maybe the same as another commander so maybe this commander that does something similar might kind of just fall by the wayside mm-hmm. so yeah there's a ton of cool tech this deck lets you play with a ton of fun big splashy spells and Yeah, I
0: just would really recommend goldfishing it if you can. Yeah, we have a list for you. It's going to be posted in the episode description. So go ahead and check it out if you'd like some ideas for how to build around Rasputin Dreamweaver. Mm -hmm.
1: Or if you just got some, some fat stacks
0: lying around. Yes. But yeah, love you Rasputin. One day, one day I'll see you. All right, uh, we're going to move on to Demir. We've got a couple decks we want to talk about here. One of them is Circu Demir Lobotomist. Mm -hmm. So this is two blue black for a two three legendary human wizard. Whenever you cast a blue spell, exile the top card of target player's library. Whenever you cast a black spell, exile the top card of target player's library. Your opponents can't cast spells. With the same name as a card exiled with Circu Demir Lobotomist.
1: Yeah, so this is a you lock them out, right? You like exile a brainstorm, and they can't brainstorm anymore. <laughs> We've talked about this list before.
0: Yeah, and sorry. Before we jump into it, I just want to say, out of the thirty Demir commanders, this is number sixteen, so mm-hmm. in the bottom half. Bottom half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And although Circu doesn't appear to be very strong in Commander because. Yeah, as you were alluding to, like you can't really lock something out and you can't guarantee that someone else is going to be running yeah. the same cards, cards as you are. Yeah. But tell tell us about this
1: Circu list you were. Yes. So Serku. So I want everyone to imagine the situation. You have a card that interacts with the top card of your library. But then all of a sudden you hit a land. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with this? Well, Serku goes, oh, well, you did cast a blue spell just now. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so what this ends up being is is this like very consistent, very strong combo list, specifically with a card that was printed very recently that kind of enabled a lot of these shenanigans. Bolus's Citadel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so bolus's Citadel, Small Refresher, it's a six mana artifact, three and three black. It's legendary. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may play the top card of your library. If you cast a spell this way, pay life equal to its converted mana cost rather than pay its mana cost. It also has tap sack ten non-land permanence. Each opponent loses ten life.
0: Uh you're probably not gonna do that. No, you're probably not gonna do that too much.
1: Basically, when you have a bolus's citadel in a circuit out, it yeah. becomes impossible to win. uh, you
0: you would have to hit many lands in a row Mm -hmm.
1: and and that's assuming that you don't have other things going for you at that point in time that can help out too yeah
0: because this deck also runs a lot of scry effects it also runs some ways to surveil and also has like shuffle effects top of library tutors yeah and of course one of the most important cards in the deck is mana severance yeah. <laughs> so that's one in a blue for a sorcery search your library for any number of land cards and exile them then shuffle your library so basically you just need to find your mana severance get all your lands out of there and then it's impossible for you to fizzle yeah you it's
1: you just can't whiff anymore a mm-hmm. uh, mana severance is like a classic combo card uh pretty much like since it's printing in tempest it's been in a lot of uh, gooby goober
0: list that yeah, are it's definitely not something you will ever see in a fair yeah it's, magic deck. it's
1: very funny there's very few things that do what it does and nothing does it at this rate for mm-hmm. just like one and a blue so
0: very cool card so bolus's citadel it provides you cards and essentially provides you mana at the cost of life so how are you going to subsidize that how are you going to make up for all this life you're paying by casting stuff off the top of your library
1: this deck is running like delusions of mediocrity and illusions of grandeur if you remember those cards they when they enter the battlefield you gain 10 and 20 life respectively and then when you they leave the battlefield you lose 10 and 20 life respectively Mm -hmm. so that's a really fun way to just like get a huge chunk keep on rolling until you get to your aetherflux reservoir mm-hmm. basically once you hit aetherflux reservoir that's it you did it because all of a sudden uh, especially if it's taken you a few cards you're probably going to just net gain life off of all of these cards that you're casting and nuke some people <laughs> yeah you're going to deal 50 to a lot of players and uh just win the game it's pretty
0: insane there's some other fun stuff you get to run in this list ancestral vision If you're Mm -hmm. casting it off the top of your library, it's just zero mana, draw three cards.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's some really, really cool strong ones. Lotus Bloom is the same. There's a deck that uh, Matt Nass put together Mm -hmm. that people kind of clamored for for a little bit uh, before they realized that it wasn't as good as Hogak that used basically... Bolas's Citadel to kind of do the same kind of things, like cast these free, mm-hmm. uh, well, not free, but zero mana spells, uncastable spells, because it turns out their CMC is zero. So if you pay zero life, wow, wow, combo. We urge you to give this a shot if you like combo lists. Let's get into why. Why do you think Circu is not played? Before we get into our next trend,
0: so I, I think the reason Circu is so low on the list is because if you don't know about this interaction with Bolas's Citadel then it seems like there's no reason to run Zerku. Yeah. It's a very specific deck list, and it also is one that, if you want to really go ham with this list, it is pretty expensive. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Because like the top of library tutors, like Vampiric Tutor, Imperial Seal are very good here. You need a lot of fast mana if you want to, get this down consistently early so yeah
1: imperial seal in particular just like makes me cry every time i look at it i feel like like every time i think of imperial seal like just the act of thinking about it increases its price by like five dollars ish so that's a bet i gotta stop thinking about that card this next guy though this is ramsey's overdark two black black blue blue so six cmc for a four three human wizard human assassin oh human assassin he is tap destroy target creature that is enchanted this guy is actually amazing. Mm -hmm. This deck is very, very cool, very fun. You get to run a ton of very, very silly things. Like, all of a sudden, there's this subset of cards that you have access to as a commander player that you probably never were going to play with before. So to start off, you got something like casting of bones. So casting of bones is two and a black. Enchant creature. When enchanted creature is put into a graveyard, draw three cards, then discard one of them. You get silly things Like Chime of Night, when Chime of Night is put into a graveyard from play, destroy target non-black creature. And it is an enchant creature itself. So, like, basically you put it on a creature, Ramses can blow up that creature to let you blow up another non-black creature. Mm -hmm. So funny. Um, Dead Man's Chest has to enchant a creature an opponent controls. It costs one and a black. When enchanted creature dies, exile cards equal to its power from the top of its owner's library. You may cast non-land cards from among them for as long as they remain exiled. And you may spend mana as though or mana of any type to cast these spells. So you put it on a big guy your opponent's control. You tap Ramses. You functionally draw their power worth of cards from their deck. It's pretty, pretty good. Mm-hmm. And this is just like a few. There are so many of these goofy things. There's a subset of cards basically... Uh, there's a card called False Demise. There's a four of them in this list that do this at this
0: point? Yeah, yeah I, I believe that's correct.
1: So, False Demise is two and a blue. Enchant creature. When enchanted creature is put into a graveyard, return that creature to the battlefield under your control. So, basically, you turn all of these goofy cards, all four of them, there's... Uh, False Demise, Fool's Demise, ooh. Unhallowed Pact, and Unholy Indenture. hmm which have the same CMC, do the exact same thing, basically. Uh, the text is a little bit different, but you turn all four of these cards into just permanent control magics, and if you have any ETBs on the good creatures, you get those too, so.
0: Oh, there's also Shades Form, which does oh. the same thing.
1: Yes, yes, I forgot about Shades Form. All in all, like, the, and this is just kind of scratching the surface. There's more of these things. There's a few of these enchantments
0: that come back from the grave that you can put on stuff yeah because there is the inherent card disadvantage of well i mean not quite card disadvantage but it doesn't feel good to like play a card and then you shoot the thing it's on and then it immediately goes to the graveyard but there's a whole bunch of things that you can keep reusing over and over because there were multiple cycles that did this so there's despondency yes there is fallen ideal Glistening Oil, Launch, Screams from Within, Sleeper's Guile, Slow Motion, just a whole bunch of cards that will let you do this as many times as you like. Mm -hmm.
1: And really, you don't need to know the specifics about these cards. Like really, all it is is you get them back to your hand. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of just like spend between one blue to three mana and snipe something.
0: And that's pretty cool. Any other tech or anything you want to mention about the deck well uh thornbite staff works pretty well here because the important part of thornbite staff is whenever a creature is put into a graveyard from play untap equipped creature so you can just use ramsey's Overdark in conjunction with some of these auras that return to the battlefield and just machine gun down your opponent's creatures yeah it's pretty great there's also thousand year elixir so you can use Ramses the turn he comes down and untap him use him again uh Rootwater Matriarch is pretty nice, which is two blue blue for a two three Merfolk, tap, gain control of target enchanted creature. Works pretty well with all your auras, another way to steal stuff.
1: So now a question I guess. Why do you think Ramses is as low on the list? Because I don't think we mentioned yet, but Ramses is currently twenty sixth out of thirty of the uh, Demir Commanders.
0: Yes, well, unfortunately, Ramses is also a part of the reserve list, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. although he hasn't garnered nearly as much attention from speculators as Rasputin Dreamweaver has. Yes,
1: a, a little bit more than one-tenth of the price, Yeah,
0: <laughs> but still a pretty penny. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it, he's sitting around nineteen, sixteen dollars to $19 dollars right now, depending on where you're buying him. So not terrible. There's a lot of more commander staples that cost more than that at this point. Mm-hmm. But it is a unique, interesting deck. I think there are many cards above it on the list that aren't that interesting. For example, Ramirez de Pietro, which is just a pirate with first strike for six mana and no, <laughs> no other text. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I would bet
1: a decent chunk of money that that's because uh, she's a pirate. Actually, it's a he.
0: What? Mm-hmm. What? Really? Mm-hmm. Look at the flavor text.
1: He's so beautiful.
0: I know. And flamboyant. His tall tails. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Well, I th- I think with that <laughs> we can <laughs> Well, after yes. solving that mystery.
1: Yeah, I do also think one of the reasons speculators haven't gotten to Ramses is he's six. It's a four three for six. He has a tap ability. It's a little bit slower, a little bit clunkier. Yeah, but so, it,
0: but it is a unique deck that adds a bunch of cards to the format that wouldn't get played otherwise. Yes.
1: So I really really do strongly recommend like if you this deck other than if you want to do some fast mana or some good spells and stuff like that, those enchantments don't cost that much. So there is a way to make this list that is like, other than your commander, is fairly budget, and you get to use all these goofy, hilarious cards and kind of go off sniping some stuff, so. Yeah, this is a really
0: good budget list. Yeah, give this a shot, let us know what you think, and I think we are going to move on to Rakdos now. All right, so the Rakdos commander we want to talk about is Lizolda the Blood Witch. So... Because of the release of C-19, things are going to get a little bit wobbly. Yeah, it's going to get mixed up a little bit. Yeah. There are 34 Rakdos commanders, and she's currently 14, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, a month from now she'd be 17.
1: Yeah, No, I was going to say a very similar thing. I think that the new commanders are very good and
0: fun and strong. Yeah, they're already kind of rocketing up the list, and it's not long before they overtake her. Yeah. (laughs) So basically, she's about halfway down the list, and I think she is a a very interesting commander. She is 1 black-red for a 3-1 legendary human cleric. You can pay 2 mana and sacrifice a creature. L'Zolda the Blood Witch deals 2 damage to target creature or player if the sacrifice creature was red, and you can draw a card if the sacrifice creature was black. What does this deck look like?
1: Rakdos, uh, Blacklist, rakdos uh, you usually end up with a lot of floaters, but something else that you usually end up with are a lot of guys that don't die too good. You got your Blood Gas You got your nether traders. You got your blood-soaked champions. Reassembling skeletons. Reassembling skeletons, yeah. So all of which you can basically just pay to to draw a card, and it really doesn't cost you a resource other than mana. Mm -hmm. So that just kind of on the surface is like your commander becomes this value engine where you're drawing cards. Once you start getting like goblin tokens or anything else going on, then all of a sudden she's just this workhorse that's like pinging small commanders, taking out other creatures, like gets... Pretty good, pretty fast. You kind of spend the early game like building up resources and then the late game kind of controlling the board and dosing people real hard.
0: Yeah, some good tech for this deck. Uh, anything that can grant Lizolda Death Touch is yeah. <laughs> naturally quite strong. You can snipe down a creature of any size using her her Sacrifice ability. And then, of course, just the, the Sack Fodder you mentioned. There's a lot of good Goblin token generators that are pretty efficient. Yes, uh, Death Triggers work great. This is a good deck for Dictative Erebos, for Skull Clamp, for Grave Pact other sac outlets in addition to your commander that generate different things so mind slash is very good here yeah allows you to pick apart your opponent's hands attrition if you don't have the death touch equipment attrition is just another efficient way to kill your opponent's creatures really Mm -hmm. easily so there's a a lot of stuff you can do with this commander it's a great sacrifice outlet list yeah and she's very low to the ground so you kind of will be amazed
1: at like how often she just is there because mm-hmm. like by the time she dies you can just kind of like pay five and get her back pay seven and get her back late game and uh you will have been able to build up the resources you need to be able to do that mm-hmm. which is pretty cool so if you don't have any more tech do you want to mention anything else
0: well uh just want to ask you a question mm-hmm. why don't you think she's higher on the list Ooh, i was going to ask you that question so I think that now looking at a lot of
1: the Rakdos commanders, she's definitely not as splashy as the top Rakdos commanders. Mm -hmm. Like the the top four Rakdos commanders are Rakdos, Lord of Riots, Mogus, which is kind of like group slug when you look at it uh scorpion god and grenzo dungeon warden and grenzo is like incredibly customizable like just a great card great commander super powerful all of these decks kind of offer like a pretty splashy
0: build around Mm -hmm. maybe a more visceral play experience
1: exactly um where lazoldo is very much for the like i'm gonna eke out an advantage slowly over multiple turns like maybe I saved some mana killing your guy with this there's these very small edges that you kind of build up over the course of the game before you win with Lizolda where uh, Rakdos Lord of Riots is like I hit you for six, and then I do this for f- everyone and then takes I cast four. cast this Eldrazi. Yeah, and then I cast all these things, and then I cast this Kozilek, and then I keep going. And it's just extremely powerful and explosive. When it works. When it works. But as someone who's had a Rakdos Lord of Riots deck, when you don't go off, you did literally nothing. Mm-hmm. You were sitting there, and you're like, oh, come on, guys. And they're like, you'll just play a bunch of Eldrazi and you're like, oh, but come on guys, come on. It's not that bad, but it is that bad.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think that Lizolda, she's not a card that looks sexy to a lot of players.
1: Yes. Yeah, definitely. The appeal is probably just not there for like a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. But that said, do we want to move on to uh, talking about
0: visceral experiences, the uh, Gruul commander we want to talk about? Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> So, this is atarka World render. She is five red green for a six four legendary dragon. She has flying and trample, and whenever a dragon you control attacks, it gains double strike until end of turn. So how does one go about well, first off, I should say there are twenty six gruel commanders or actually twenty seven with the introduction of the new tangarth, and atarka is number thirteen so about middling but i think that she's more powerful than some of the ones she's hanging below yes
1: i also think that tangarth is probably gonna overtake her that's likely in like a year he's mm-hmm. probably gonna be more popular than a Tarka, but how, how would you go about building, oh, a building okay it's it's dragon tribal right yeah <laughs> i would not build a target dragon tribal i think that if you really want a red green dragon deck um okay cool you you're You're doing it, you get a lot of mana, you attack, and they have double strike. But uh, I think one of the problems you'll run into when you do that is that she kills people in two hits. So uh, if you just uh, Berserk, or you double the damage somehow, Mm -hmm. or uh, double her power, that's a one hit. Yeah. It's just one hit. You just noob tube somebody. Xenagos uh, and your commander is a one-card combo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. if you go Xenagod, play Atarka, give it haste, and kill somebody, you just killed somebody.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's pretty amazing. Definitely a lot stronger than, like, I'm going to play my Scourge of Valkas and then hit you for eight.
1: Yeah, also much stronger than, like, maybe... Halar the Fire Fletcher, where you're like, haha, I put four counters on my guy, and then I cast this kicked spell for seven, and you all took five. Hmm. <laughs> like a little a little bit underwhelming in
0: comparison to like i hit you for 24 commander damage
1: <laughs> <laughs> like just drag
0: her. <laughs> <laughs> so how would you uh go about maximizing the voltron potential of atarka
1: well i mentioned some cards earlier there's a few there's two cards specifically in this color combo that double the power at instant speed there's berserk and fatal frenzy fatal Frenzy. <laughs> but both of those give the creature plus x plus o where x is his power till on a turn and then you have to sack it xenoghost god of rebels mm-hmm. as we mentioned is a one-shot kill the inquisitors flail one-shot kill it doubles the damage dealt to and by the equipped creature Mm -hmm. and it's two to play two to equip there are a decent amount of just cards in general that just give it its power so even just an overwhelming stampede like that might seem silly but just five mana to kill someone Mm -hmm. that's i'd do that i'd pay that most days
0: yeah also extra combat step Mm -hmm. effects oh yeah yeah
1: those those ones are awesome because again it's you just did it you five, four, whatever it is. Yeah, seize the
0: day feels so good in this deck. Yeah. <laughs> Just an incredible card for this list. Your commander does cost seven. So what you really are looking for are ramp spells that cost four and generate two mana. So things like, you know, Sky Shroud Claim, Circuitous route Ranger's Path, Hunting Wilds, those all get you from four to seven. The Explosive Vegetation Suite Mm-hmm. Are all
1: pretty good in this list, just because you need tons of mana, and and chances are your commander's gonna die, at
0: some point you're gonna need to cast her again. There's also a Frontier Siege, that's a four cost enchantment that generates green green at the beginning of each of your main phases. A card I really like in this deck is Generator Servant. Oh yeah, that one's awesome. Yeah, one in a red for a two one elemental. You can tap, sacrifice it, add CC, and then if that mana is spent on a creature spell, that creature gains haste, so that both. Helps your commander come down two turns earlier and provides haste, which is really clutch in this deck. You need yeah. a lot of haste graners. I think also
1: Somberwald Sage is very very good in this list because oh absolutely, you
0: play it for three, you play your land, you play your commander, and oh boy, <laughs> that's it, very quick. If you are willing to invest in like a perfect mana base, then Lanowar Tribe might also <laughs> help you get there. Yeah,
1: Lanowar. Yeah, exactly. Just like. Comes down super early and makes a ton of mana.
0: Just yeah. so crazy. Turn four, I have a 6-4, <laughs> Flying Triple, Double Strike. So other great things, hold the Bandit Lord and then Land Tutors to help you find it because mm-hmm. it's just a, a really easy haste graner. And then, of course, your Land Tutors can also double as Ramp if you're running Ancient Tomb.
1: And then I think just general good cards we kind of advocate for are good in this list, like Hunter's Insight. Like, let's say... Uh, you also drew 24 cards when you dealt 24 damage. Yeah, it sounds good. good. That
0: seems pretty good. I could probably win after doing that.
1: Yeah, right. So uh, there's a bunch of cards that you can kind of use to fill out the list. Uh, this is one of the more red and green lists that you will see uh, just because, like, it's ramp. And it's damage and combat, and it's very, and very haste gruel. And, and haste. double strike. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of very gruel feels to this deck that are pretty fun. Why do you think Atarka isn't higher in the rankings if this is such a cool deck? So this is a kind of conjecture, but I think
1: that people look at Atarka and go, Oh, a green-red dragon commander. Mm-hmm. And they go... Hmm, okay, I guess I don't want to play dragons, so I'm not going to build this list. And I think the oh, this can be a one-shot really easily is not super intuitive.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not the thing that clicks with people.
1: Yeah, they see dragons plural and go, "Oh, my dragons get double strike." And kind of file that away in their mind to like, "Oh, dragons this is a dragon commander." Where as kind of we listed there's just so many ways. We we had a friend who had an Atarka list and uh it I died many times.
0: I died many times to this this dragon. She's very, very strong. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. All right. I think with that, we can move on to the Celestnia commander that we were planning on talking about. Mm-hmm. The commander we want to talk about is Safi Eric's daughter. She is green white for a 2 2 legendary human scout. Sacrifice Safi. When Dark Creature is put into your graveyard from the battlefield this turn, return that card to the battlefield. So out of the 33 Celestia commanders, she is number 15. So about halfway down. What makes her such a cool commander? This is probably one of the more consistent
1: kind of graveyard combo decks that exist and that is really cool specifically because like it's white green people kind of associate a lot of other things with white green they associate like tokens and counters uh, counters and like combats and yeah there's a lot of white green token generation (laughs) generation and plus one plus one counter generation that's actually i would say a majority of celestia's (laughs) commanders so safi kind of offers. This other route goes, hey, hey, friend, uh, what if you uh, what if you just comboed? What if we just we we got a bud over here and we helped each other out that a Sun Titan you got there. You know, me and him go way back (laughs) and uh, and uh, we'll get the we'll crack some brewskis, crack some Ashnod's altars and uh, go off. And yeah, just
0: just feed me into this meat grinder. (laughs) It's
1: okay. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Just
0: trust me on this.
1: Yes, there there are so many cards that combo with Safi. So there's Angel of Glory's Rise, which uh, if you don't remember, shame on you. Just kidding. Then no, like, why would you remember this card? It's a 4-6 flyer for 5 and 2 white. It has, when Angel of Glory's Rise enters the battlefield, exile all zombies, then return all humans from your graveyard to the battlefield. So that, Safi, is a human. So there you go. All it takes is those two cards, and you're going off. Uh, but
0: wait, there's more. There's also Karmic Guide. Thank you. <laughs> Karmic Guide enters the battlefield, returns to your creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So that and Safi make Just a little combo. Off loyal Retainers. Yeah, that's a good uh, one. Classic. You uh, can
1: sack it on before you attack on your first main phase, I think is the Oracle Warding now. Yes. Um, to bring back a legendary creature that died. Actually, I think it might still be before you attack. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Before combat, but you can as long as it's your first main phase. If you got a loyal retainers, you and Safi and, and them can uh, can keep it going, keep this chain
0: going. Mm-hmm. There's Renegade Rallier with oh yeah <laughs> Revolt. When it enters the battlefield, if a permanent you control left the battlefield this turn, return target permanent card with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Remind me, what's Safi's converted mana cost? Uh, it's two. Also, um. Do you think it's pretty easy to trigger
1: revolt with uh with Safi?
0: I I think it's quite it's easy. It's pretty
1: easy. And then there's a few more. We mentioned Sun Titan, but then there's also Revel Arc, which if you got your sack outlet going, can get Safi and a friend back, which mm-hmm. is well, it's pretty good.
0: Here's a goofy one. Uh timely Horde Mace. Yeah. <laughs> three and a white for a three-two human warrior. Raid when it enters the battlefield if you attacked with a creature this turn. Return target creature card with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield
1: still really good and like as you can kind of see there's uh, so many repetitive effects that just can get Safi back and you could just kind of put Safi through the gauntlet of whatever that is maybe that's an altar of dementia maybe that's an Ashnod's altar maybe that's a blasting
0: station yeah there's also a ton of creature tutors so it's very easy to find the creature that combos with Safi Mm -hmm. And it's really just a matter of, can I find a sack outlet to make it happen? Because that's a little bit harder in these colors.
1: Yeah, it's pretty hard to tutor for those things. So uh, it plays kind of, for the reasons we just stated, plays much differently than a lot of combo lists too. Because even though, yes, I can get this infinite loop going with Safi, let's say karmic guide, you might not have the sack outlet. So yeah, I have these two creatures that can't die. But the fact that you have to really dig makes this really fun
0: because it is consistent, but it's not the same every time. So, I the one question remains, which is why do you think Safi sees less play than some of the others on this list? And we're not going to call anybody out, but I think there are some cards that see more play than Safi that don't deserve to.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're not going to we're going to get to into that. But
0: um something
1: that when we did the EDH rec deep dive, we kind of learned is just like how underrepresented combo is. Mm-hmm. I think that's actually one of the things here is I think that uh in the same way people look at Lazolda and go, This oh, this isn't like doing a lot. People look at Safi and go, Oh, to the graveyard. And like the combo minded people they might they're probably into it because they want to play combo, but they're probably, as we've seen, like tempering themselves. So that would be my guess is she doesn't look super sexy as an effect on the front end
0: because like it goes to your graveyard you need to be kind of be aware of like oh there's all these sack outlets that can generate yeah. like a win condition and there's also the all these cards that like when they end at the battlefield can return Sophie, yeah you have
1: to kind the, the of be aware of, of the combos yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think that's a really big thing we're going to hit on when we do more of these series this series in particular because we we have plans to do a few more of these episodes at least at, at least one more I think of the
0: yeah it does get a lot harder when you get to like the wedge commanders and there's, and there's like yeah <laughs> we, we think that number five should actually be number four yeah that's kind of that's good content <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> so we'll at least do the enemy colors but like I think just looking at the just like general Gameplay of a lot of the commanders that are more popular—they're just—it's just like a lot more obvious. And I think one of the things that we've learned is that a lot of brewing for commanders happens when they're spoiled, especially nowadays. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these older commanders might not be as unless they've been talked up for whatever reason. So for instance, like uh, Captain Sissé still fairly popular though the original one, uh, green white tap, search your library for a legendary card and put it in your hand. Like, that card came out years ago now, but, like, there's this legacy behind it that I think makes it more popular, just because it's in kind of the mind frame where people aren't really looking to activate a lot of these older cards anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's probably part of it.
0: All right. Well, I, I I agree with you. I think that there definitely is some legacy issues. We'll probably go a little deeper into that when we start talking about Jund Commanders.
1: Yes, that'll be a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's also, we want to do an episode one day that kind of gets into uh, a Patreon ask for it, and we have some friends that we'd like to kind of ha- do a discussion with one day about like how the format's changed. I think that's, there's been some big changes over the years that kind of were fluid. They happen like fluidly, but when you kind of stop and look at like the format 10 years ago versus the format now, there's, Some interesting things, and I think Safi's kind of like a a pretty good case study
0: for that, too. Mm -hmm. For now, I hope you guys liked this yeah we've got more content for you if you're interested in it
1: yeah well we're gonna get to more of these it's it's kind of fun for us to look and kind of build some of these lists and think about like oh okay like why isn't this card being played look around at other commanders it, it's like a really good uh thought experiment and also i think it introduces some of you guys to commanders that maybe you weren't looking for i know that um most people aren't like us and just on like search engines
0: yeah, constantly. Look. Yeah, every day.
1: Yeah, yeah, looking for cards old and new that might
0: fit into a certain strategy. So Well, before we go, I wanna briefly say thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Bradley, Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Amon, Addison, Arthur, Mason, Will, Elvis, Rick, Laser, Raphael, Kyle, Charlotte, Andrew, Brock, Tom, The Whiteclays, Aubrey, Hannah, and Anthony. Thank you all for supporting the show. It's because of you that we're able to continue making great content like this mm-hmm. and to uh, explore and, and start some projects that you're going to see the fruit of yes very shortly yes <laughs> but if you are not currently a patreon patron you can go to patreon.com slash commander theory and sign up today thanks for listening if you want to get in touch with me i am at commander theory on twitter and tumblr if you want to reach zach he is at fat on twitter and tumblr the opening song is lincoln continental by entropy and you can check him out on soundcloud we'll talk to you guys next time